0: Hello and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate news and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I'm Brielle Jekyll, Associate Editor of Food Logistics and SDCE, and today we're talking ethics in the supply chain. Dan Leonello, CEO of Omne, joins me to discuss how to remain ethical in the supply chain and that you are aligning yourself with supply chain partners that are ethical as well. So let's link into that interview now. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Dan Leonello, who is the CEO of Omne, which is a cloud-based CSM platform that manages the relationships, communications, and information and quality of outsource partners. So today we're talking about ethics in the supply chain and how we can make sure all of our partners are working with congruent values. Hi, Dan. Thank you for coming on today.
1: Hi, Brielle. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: So the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about today was um, so since the internet and, and supply chains have really lengthened, it seems like that there is now more room for unethical unethi- practices to take place throughout the supply chain without consumers even knowing the products they buy could have been involved in unethical practices. How, how, do you, how would you say that this occurred?
1: Actually, the the supply chains have been lengthening since the industrial revolution began a couple hundred years ago. And I would say what we're really seeing is the um, convergence of the internet and other ways of managing information much more quickly, social media, et cetera. So I think what's happening is we've got a much bigger lens being shone on things that have been happening um, literally for centuries.
0: Right. So, a lot of experts and reports have noticed that uh, consumers' interest in buying from companies that they know follow similar values to them, uh, it's definitely growing. Um, But Mm -hmm. given the difficulty in acquiring this information when it comes down to where consumers are spending their money, does this actually have a real impact nowadays?
1: Uh, I'd I'd say it has begun to have an impact for a number of years. There have been organizations working on uh, different compliance uh, strategies for at least the last five years on this. Um, There's an example, uh, Social and Labor Convergence, um, which is a textile and footwear organization, and they have been working on building a system of auditing and um, managing factories and their compliance to ethical and uh, sustainable manufacturing. Uh, but it is interesting that the challenge is that um, we have to start these uh, these efforts somewhere and it takes time. I'm not sure if you're familiar with ISO or ROHAS. Um, they're both uh, standards that have been created. ISO was, was uh, 60, 70 years ago. It's an International Standards Organization. Uh And about 15 years ago, there was an organization called Rojas, which is restriction of hazardous substances that are used in manufacturing. And it's interesting, Rojas got pushed through very, very quickly because the net result of hazardous materials being used in manufacturing affects everyone on the planet very, very quickly. So I'd say there was uh, an impetus or a desire to make it happen. And so, because that desire was so high, it happened very quickly. What we're seeing on ethical and, and sustainable manufacturing is that I think the systems are being implemented, but the uptick is much, much slower because there doesn't seem to be an urgency like there was in the example of Rojas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, like people's consumers' interests have changed. A lot of people are really focused on sustainability or diversity and and stuff like that, or the ethical treatment of workers in the supply chain. Um, And so with that, I've seen a lot of more platforms that are available, you know, like you were saying, to the everyday consumer where I can check and see, you know, what these companies are doing. Um, Is that, has that, that's changed a lot in the past few years, would, would you say?
1: It has definitely changed and increased. I would say the awareness and the desire at the brand level has, has, is paramount. And, and the reason is the consumers are driving that. The consumers are asking that, they're, that the brands that they buy be ethical and uh, sustainable and from a manufacturing standpoint. The challenge is, um, I was just reading a stat recently, that most companies only know about 7% of what's happening within their supply chain. So, the the, the highest level of visibility they have is with the contract manufacturers they buy from directly. Um, unfortunately, below the contract manufacturers, it becomes a black hole. They really have zero visibility into any of the sub tiers that are supplying raw materials or components up to the contract manufacturers that they're buying from.
0: Right. It's so hard. Cause we think of it like, Oh, I want to buy from this company. Um, and, and I know that, the, that their values are good, but you know, how did they get their materials? How did they, it's, it's such a long chain and there's so many different players involved. And, you know, so definitely there's, there's murky waters that you can get into if you don't know um, it is there ways that companies can make sure their partners are um, really, you know, following the same values.
1: Well, today we've got cloud computing, and it's allowing platforms to be built that can, can create the transparency that you're look, that you're looking for and talking about. Um, the challenge is it's just new now. So what's happening is if we have uh, a, a network or a platform that connects, and it's really called, it's it's a many to many relationship. In other words, it connects the brands, not just to their tiers that are manufacturing for them or doing their contract manufacturing and assembly, but also to the tiers that are below those CMs, uh, excuse me, contract manufacturers. Uh, then it will start to allow for the visibility and the communication between the companies. That's the first thing that needs to be built. Yeah. And then secondarily, what we can do is uh, if we use a system like social convergence, where they, the companies, uh, they self-declare and they have audits, very similar to um, ISO. In that case, you can report to all the companies that they're dealing with their results. And the other side of that is if a company chooses um, to, excuse me, use unethical manufacturing uh, or, or do something that, that is you know, non-compliant to, to that desire, um, as soon as it's discovered, today, typically only the person that discovers it finds it unless a journalist goes and digs deep to find it themselves. Mm-hmm. With these new systems um, in the many-to-many network, what will happen is it will allow any um, nonconformance to be reported to everyone that's buying from them, including all of the tiers that are all the way up to the brand. So uh, having a many-to-many uh, collaborative network where the the information is able to pass between all of the different parties is really the only way that the brands are going to be able to be sure, or at least have a higher, much higher level of um, uh, knowledge that they are, you know, that their that sub tiers and their supply chain is actually acting in an ethical and sustainable way.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you say it's, it's more commonplace now, or is it still kind of at the early stages?
1: I would say it's at the very early stages. One of the things about manufacturing is that the, 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 the high-end brands um, and OEMs and the, you know, will typically have um, some type of an ERP system that manages a lot of the information. But even with those, they really typically only see one tier down. So they only see their contract manufacturer and not below. Uh, So what's happening is the rest of the manufacturers, like 63% of the manufacturers on the planet are still using email, uh, Excel spreadsheets, uh, you know, texts, Slack, and WhatsApp to manage communications. And as a result, um, there is no single source of truth, and there is no path for the information to be passed not just one to one but but one to many and then many to many as as the systems grow
0: it's just interesting to see how things um you know change because obviously like it's a it's a Rubber band, you know, it was getting so stressed out, and and people had no idea where where their things were coming from, and now consumers you know, are snapping back the other way, and they're like, uh, they want to know, I want more information about where my stuff is coming from, and yeah, like like we've been saying, the supply chains are so long, it's hard to tell, and you know, especially with social media now, there's so many things. if if you don't care from an ethical standpoint, I'm not saying that, you know, companies don't, but I'm saying there's more risks nowadays to not following ethical procedures because so people can find things out themselves from, you know, sleuthing, online sleuthing. And then now they're a journalist because they have a social media platform to share it. And now you're in trouble, your brand is in trouble because someone long in your supply chain did something that you had no idea about.
1: And I I would say that's the key is, you know, the best of intentions doesn't mean that you're going to have those results deep in the supply chain. And I I really believe that the only way that you can begin to have a, you know, a very good level of knowledge that, that there's compliance throughout the supply chain is first of all, to have a system uh, like, like I said, similar to ISO, or the, 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 uh, the, the social labor convergence um, where we've got um, self-auditing and self-reporting along with audits that happen on a regular basis. Um, and, and what the audits do is they basically follow the paper trail like a journalist would to ensure that what's happening is what they're saying is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the next piece that you need is you need to have everyone tied into a network that allows the reporting to happen quickly and to cascade not just to the person that's buying from the person that's being unethical, but all the way up the chain to the brand and to the consumer. In other words, I would like the consumer to be able to go to the brand and the brands, you know, their website or their, their news releases, etc. Don't just say that they believe in ethical manufacturing, but that they are on this system and every manufacturer that they're working with in their sub- supply chain is also on the system and reporting and they are either compliant or they're, you know, one of you know, the challenges is for the factories, if they become non-compliant, it's not just the one company that finds out, it will be everyone else they deal with. So it's sort of a, uh, a carrot and stick standpoint. So the carrot is if you're compliant, you get more business. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stick is if you are not compliant, you can literally have 100% of your business turned off in you know days if you've got a system that that reports all the way up to the brands and to the consumers
0: right i mean i as a consumer myself who's interested in in sustainable practices and ethical practices i i like that these things are becoming more available and i hope i really hope it, it catches on and becomes like completely commonplace soon uh, what what would you say that the future looks like for this kind of, of thing, an ethics in the, the supply chain?
1: Well, it, it's interesting because it's it's not just ethics um, that it's a big component, ethics and and um, sustainable manufacturing, but just the the practices that happen within manufacturing itself. I believe all of that today is is very you know it's very dark. There there is no transparency. Um, short of physically walking through the chain. Um, and so in my mind, and, and the other, the other piece is that manufacturing in general, you know, ironically doesn't tend to use a lot of technology when they are managing orders, um, and, uh, and, and managing production. Uh, once you get below sort of the contract manufacturer level, because you tend to have, I mean, literally it's over 3 million small manufacturers out there and they can raise from, you know, range from uh, a mom and pop in, in a living room uh, to, you know, to a, a small company that has 50 or hundred people that are, are laboring in production, but they tend to put all of their uh, resources into the production side and not so much into the overhead of managing because the challenge with overhead is, you, you know, you, you, you've got to have a justification to pay for it. Uh, I remember when ISO came out, you know, a lot of factories pushed back and didn't want to have to pay for the overhead of, uh, of creating a quality management system and, and keeping it current. And so the, the challenge was that the, the brand started saying, well, if, you know, if all of your people are not current in ISO, then we can't work with you. And so essentially it was the, it was the demand side that caused it. So we'll have, we we now have a demand from the consumers that are asking for it. Uh, We have brands that understand how important it is at the very least because the consumers are asking for it, but hopefully because they want it themselves. Uh, And then the challenge is pushing that down the system and it's going to take a concerted effort and, uh, you know, enough of a desire that, that people are willing to say, uh, bottom line is you will not get my business if you are not compliant. And so you build the system, um, you, you make it as, and the beautiful thing about technology is that it doesn't cost as much anymore to make a compliant system because you can automate a lot of the process. Uh, and, um, and then once you've done that, you then have the means of communicating uh, and you, essentially what, what happens is in a lot of production there, there is something called a, um, uh, a letter of conformance. And it basically makes it's a statement or a declaration from the factory that they have conformed to all the specifications. And those specs would include that they have to be managing ethically from a uh, from a manufacturing standpoint.
0: Mm-hmm. So no. it's, it's,
1: a, it's a case of building out this system.
0: Right. It takes a village.
1: It takes the world to build this village.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, I, do you, so if you are an individual at a company and you, mm-hmm. you know, care about this kind of stuff, what advice would you have um, you know, to someone like that?
1: Well, if I was at a company, I would first of all take a look at you know, where am I in that company? Um, and you know, do I, can I, can I communicate it? And if I do, will anyone listen? Mm -hmm. And the challenge is, um, if, if no one listens, we then have a choice and the choice is to stay there and be misaligned or to change where we are in life in order to create that alignment, whether that means finding another company that is aligned and putting the focus into that or starting something on your own um, with, with that as one of your founding values so that you know the odds are high that everything that happens beyond that is going to align with those values.
0: Okay. Um, and now, do you think that COVID has changed anything in, in this space? Do you think it's, it's made a difference, good or That's bad? It's
1: interesting. COVID has made a big difference to all of our lives every day. No question. Right. Um, one of the things it did though, was it shone a big bright light on supply chain resilience and supply yeah. chain risk. And now today, the focus and, and the focus and the risk that people are seeing is actually receiving product. They're not worried today about the ethics of the product because to them, the most important thing is getting it and selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, another article I read talked about exactly that companies saying, well, you know, we, 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 we broke the overtime rules because we had companies saying they needed product and they told us late and we didn't want to say no. And so in a in the sense, the brands don't necessarily even know when they're forcing their vendors to start operating unethically. And so that's why it's important that we have uh, an accord or an understanding between them so that the factory feels safe in saying, I'm sorry, you know, right now you've got us at this level. If we accept any more orders from you, it's going to, it's going to put us out of compliance and it's got to be safe for the factories to say it. And it's got to be safe for the companies and whoever's working in those companies to find another option. Um, Or they just push. And if they push, they're going to force on ethics, you know, non-ethical behavior, but they're doing it without knowing that's what they're doing simply by saying no we have to have this shipment next week they're actually forcing their factories to operate unethically so that's that's where it goes to the you know the mindset not just of the factories themselves but it starts at the top
0: right Well, I think that's all that we have time for today. Um, It's really interesting to think about, you know, how all this relates, you know, in so many different ways to back to the consumer and to the brands themselves.
1: Yes. Yeah, and I would say that if the consumers are absolutely concerned about this, and I'm one of them and I am, um, then what it's going to take is uh, pressure and understanding. Um, you know, one of the other things that happens is cost can become an issue. So everybody wants to get things, you know, for free or as close to free as possible. And at the same time, they want all of these other things to happen, including more overhead that manages ethics. So it, it takes a, a, a mindset shift at the consumer level, at the brand level, and at the manufacturer level.
0: All right. Thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And thank you again to Dan for joining. Tune in every Tuesday for our, traditional, uh, ep- for our traditional episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Apple and Google playlists so you never miss an episode.